turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live. A couple of days ago, I came across a really interesting article that caught my attention dealing with two topics that don't usually go together. The uh, headline or the title, Against Kinism and Open Borders. And I noticed it was written by an old friend, Dr. Owen Strand. Dr. Strand is the uh, provost and research professor of theology at Grace Bible Theological Seminary former president of the Council on Biblical Manhood, Womanhood, a prolific author. And uh, it's been far, far too long since uh, Dr. Strand has been on the program. I saw the article, I thought, I've got to have him back. And I'm privileged and honored to again welcome Dr. Owen Strand. Welcome, Owen. Well, it it would help if I would push the right button. (laughs) Uh, Owen, again, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Bob. Thank you for having me back on. I appreciate it. It is my delight and my privilege. Uh, you got a new book out. We want to talk about that in just a little bit. But first, what in the world is kinism? I would imagine that probably the majority of my audience are going, what? What? Is that like Ken and Barbie? Dr. Strand, (laughs) what is kinism? Yeah, Kenism would be a very interesting ideology indeed from Ken and Barbie, and that is not what <laughs> that is not what we're talking about, just to be clear. And you Kenism are not dressed is, in pink as we speak, correct? I am most assuredly not. Okay. I, I just want to make that. sure. No, thank you for the clarification. Um I I uh have been speaking against Kenism now for, for some time because this ideology uh advocates that you should prefer uh, your ethnicity, basically, when it comes to marriage. That's really the first place that kinism uh, has taken root. But you should also prefer your ethnicity or your race at the national level, uh, politically. And the place this, uh, this argument has been situated recently is in Christian nationalism, because some, including the author Stephen Wolfe, who wrote the book The Case for Christian Nationalism, have argued that nations should really be mono-ethnic, ideally. So basically, in less polite language, we should have a white nation, or other nations should be whatever ethnicity or skin color they inherently are. And uh, that is a claim that some have made over the years, but it's not a claim that I believe is backed up by Scripture. All right, so it comes from your next of kin, K-I-N. Yes. Developing and maintaining and protecting your tribe, your kin, your race, your ethnicity to keep it pure. Yes. Argument is that 
we need to preserve our heritage. And uh, there's there's very bad forces at work in the West, and they are trying to do away with basically our distinct ethnicities. And that is a negative reality. And what I would say there, Bob, very quickly is that that's not inherently a good goal on the opposite side. In other words, it's not there's there's no sense in scripture that we're called to try to work out of our ethnicity or in other words that we should we must as a moral duty marry someone different than us. That's that's not what the Bible teaches. But the Bible also does not teach that you as a moral duty have to preserve your ethnicity. So if you're a white Italian, for example, you have to marry a white Italian because if you don't do that, uh, your ethnicity is lost. That's really the argument. That's what's at stake, and, and that plays well to a certain sector. Again, it's not that you shouldn't marry a white Italian, so-called, if you are one, but they're just, there's, there's no biblical ought, there's no biblical mandate in either direction. Would it be appropriate to say that kinism is a first cousin of Arianism? Yes, it is. It, it is, and it has been advanced in the West, in Europe, and in America for roughly a hundred years, uh, closely connected to white nationalism at the political level. So, um, again, there, there's really two different dimensions of this ideology, one at the family level in terms of intermarriage, and the other at the national level. People who tend to say, you should only marry white Italians if you're a white Italian, tend to say nations should really only be one ethnicity, and that then makes other ethnicities problematic. And uh, for reasons I have been trying to spell out in different venues, this is tremendously problematic for Christians. This is against, I would say, against the gospel itself to make these claims. So someone who would say, I absolutely reject the KKK, but I do believe in kinism, are being incredibly hypocritical. Is, is that also correct? Yeah, largely. It's basically, at the level of ideology, uh, not necessarily the activity of the KKK. Right, but, but, the, but the ideology I- is basically, they have the root in the same false theology and ideology. That's exactly right. It's basically the preference of one's skin color, one's kin, over against any other tie. And so there's a kind of laundered form of this now in conservative and Christian circles, both. Uh, I've been seeing some very well-known conservative leaders, for example, saying we need to preserve Anglo-Saxon culture. So we basically have a duty, a moral obligation almost, to marry the person like us. And I'm just determined to push back as best I can in love. Is it possible to believe in Christian nationalism? and at the same time reject white nationalism? There is the reason I ask this. I have friends who honestly believe that they are Christian nationalists. A dear friend and someone that I know that you know, Robert Jeffress, pastor of First Baptist Dallas, said, well, it all depends on how you define Christian nationalists. The way I define it, I am a Christian nationalist, but he certainly would not be a white nationalist. So is it possible to be a Christian nationalist and reject white nationalism? Yes, I think it is in some. Um, and I, I know Jefferson do not know him at all to be a white nationalist. And was no, 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 no. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was the host of a panel he was on where he explicitly disavowed it in no uncertain terms. Right. And so, no, to be a Christian nationalist it means different things to different people, right? Exactly. That's, that's the order of the days to figure out what the 19 different people who have the 19 <laughs> different versions mean. But um, a whole bunch of Christian nationalist folks I know would strongly disavow kinism. And, and then when you look at their body of thought, here's the rub you wouldn't find any grounding for it. The sad part is that there are some in the Christian nationalist movement who would deny the, the charge, the yeah. label of kinist, but then you look at their body of thought and all the underpinnings are there. We're talking with Dr. Owen Strand, who is the uh, provost, research professor of theology at Grace Bible Theological Seminary. And by the way, he has a brand new book out, The War on Men and Why Society Hates Them and why we need them. Uh, we're going to get to that book in uh, just a moment. Uh, Owen, we've, we've got about one minute. Why did you feel, because this is obviously a somewhat controversial topic, why did you feel that you needed to to wade into this battle? The reason I felt called is because this is really the mirror form of wokeness on the right We've had white mm. genuinely demonized by wokeness in the West in America, and that's been terrible. And I wrote a book called Christianity and Wokeness yeah. to counter critical race theory. But um, on the other side now, we're seeing that these forces have caused many people to go to the other end of the spectrum, to an extreme, and say, all right, we're going to punch back and we need to preserve our whiteness. You want to take it from us? We're going to preserve it, especially. Yeah. And I think that's also a very problematic conclusion. So now I'm trying to speak up against the yeah. opposite end of the spectrum. I say this on my program all the time. The devil lives in the extremes. If the devil can get us on any topic, any subject, to go to one extreme or the other, he has won. And that certainly is true with this yes. issue of race and so forth. Uh, we need to take a break. My guest, Dr. Owen Strand, and uh, we'll talk about his book. We'll also talk briefly about... Uh, Open Borders, when we return. This is AM 880 WRFD and 104.5 FM. Life-changing radio. Talk radio that makes a difference. Makes a difference. This is Bob Bernie Live. Welcome back to Bob Bernie Live, and welcome again to my guest, Dr. Owen Strand, who has a brand new book out, The War on Men. Everywhere you turn, you hear about toxic masculinity. Dr. Strand, why the book? The War on Men. I wrote a book on this war because I sense that many men are confused. They feel alone and they feel targeted. And uh, I don't think it's just a feeling, Bob. I think they are in real measure today. And so uh, I have some real uh, charges and exhortations to give uh, fellow men who battle sin as I do on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. But I also very much want to put an arm around the shoulder of boys, young men, and men, and say, you know what, you can get through this by the grace of God. So there's a lot of forces that we're fighting today as men. Um, many men are struggling tremendously, dropping out of college, dropping out of the workforce, ensnared in pornography, 
battling difficulties in the home. Their marriage isn't where it should be. They don't have a great relationship with their kids. On and on and on it goes. I talk about all these factors in this book, The War on Men. But I want to come in primarily and not just offer men, you know, stoicism or good tips or how to talk to a girl. I want to offer them ultimately the grace of God in Jesus Christ. This is not how to be a caveman and drag your woman around by her hair. It's really not, because I don't know how to do that, and I wouldn't be very good at that with my uh, diminutive stature. Okay. Why is the feminization of men, and anybody who has any common sense at all, and a sense of reality, knows that there is this incredible feminization of men around the world, but particularly here in America, why is that so dangerous, not only to the men involved, but to our culture, our society, and the church. If you want people to be protected, you need strong men. Mm -hmm. Uh, You are always going to have evil men. Evil men, by definition, act in strength, not good strength, not virtuous strength, but in strength. And so there are all these threats on the horizon that you need strong men for. But when you tell men they're toxic, when you tell aggressive, assertive, risk-taking men and boys and young men that when they are playing on a football field in, in you know, minor warfare out there or when they are embarking on some hunt, you know, deep into the wild or when they speak up in the public square in defense of the truth, if you tell those uh, boys or young men or men that they're being toxic uh, and patriarchal for stepping up and speaking out, then what you are actually doing is you are training a whole generation of men to be soft and quiet and passive. And when you do that, you make a society or a neighborhood, a community, a church, a school, whatever it may be, a very dangerous place indeed, because you're still going to have evil men around, but now you have told good, strong men Mm -hmm. to step back and not be strong. And that's exactly where we find ourselves in 2023, and so we're in a dangerous position now. Excellent. The book is The War on Men, Why Society Hates Them and Why We Need Them. You get it at Amazon, anywhere books are sold. It is a Salem book published by our parent company. That is not the reason why I had Dr. Strand on the program today, but it certainly doesn't hurt. Our company is putting out some wonderful books with wonderful authors like Dr. Strand. All right. Why in the world, in your piece that caught my attention, did you write about kinism, which we've already dealt with, and open borders? Why did you choose to deal with those two topics in one piece, one article? Well, there are real calls for countries to be, what I would say, decimated or altogether overhauled in our time. Unbounded immigration is urged by the left. It's urged in America, and tragically, we're in the we're in the age when the borders are basically open, from what I can tell, and um, that is not a good reality. That is going to destabilize a society. Furthermore, there have been many attacks on air quotes white people uh, in our time, and so we've got all these evil ideologies out there. And in my piece, I wanted to say. Uh, Globalist immigration policies are terrible. Leftist immigration policy is no policy at all. But I also don't want to be heard as saying um, that that we should destroy white people, that white people so-called are bad or are evil, and you don't want them in a society. That's just crazy. First of all, 
we're all one human race, Acts 17:26. Race is a fiction. There aren't many races. There are different shades of melanin, mm-hmm. right. uh, but, but there, there's just one human race. And so um, that means that every person is an image bearer, Genesis 1, 26 to 28, including white people, so, so-called. So I'm trying to balance two different extremes, Bob, and speak to the excesses of the anarcho-left and the anarcho-right. Of- but, but, but the liberal theological left continually quotes the Old Testament, that we are to throw wide open our doors, our borders to the stranger. That's what the Bible commands us to do. Doesn't that mean open borders? It doesn't mean open borders at all. Uh, we, we can be welcoming, very much welcoming, to foreigners and immigrants, and in my judgment, as a thoroughgoing conservative, as a Christian, we should. But that does not mean that we can practice unbounded, unprincipled immigration. Just as a prudential matter, you can't. You have to be able to fund a society and have taxpayers and uh, balance the workforce and all such considerations. I'm not in politics per se, but but I know these things just kind of as a basic point of common sense. So the, the Bible does not teach unbordered immigration. Uh, you think of what Nehemiah does in the book of Nehemiah. He builds walls. Um, mm. even as there's a certain welcoming of, of mm-hmm. strangers throughout the Old Testament. Uh, my guest has been Dr. Owen Strand. Uh, I'm a big fan of what Dr. Strand is doing, and uh, I encourage you to follow him, his writings. How can our listeners follow you? You're doing a lot of writing. How can my listeners follow what you are doing, what you're writing? That's very kind. Um, my Twitter is at O-S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N, at O-S-T-R-A-N, and that's probably the best place to go in terms of uh, where my stuff tends to land. So I appreciate that. Yes, it's pronounced strand, but it's not spelled that way. Have you ever thought about changing? No, I'm just kidding. S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N, but it's pronounced strand. Dr. Owen Strand. Check him out. He is doing great things. I mean, he really is. And uh, grab this brand new book, The War on Men, Why Society Hates Them and Why We Need Them. You can get it again anywhere. Books are sold. And, uh, you know, go to your local Barnes & Noble and have them order it for you. And follow the work and the writings of my guest, Dr. Owen Strand. Again, the book, The War on Men, Why Society Hates Them and Why We Need Them. Dr. Strand, keep up the great work. I do follow what you're doing, and I appreciate you, your work, your stand, your position a great deal. And you have paid quite a price for standing for the truth, and I commend you for it. Well, thank you very much. You're very kind and encouraging, and I appreciate you having me back on, Bob. Dr. Owen Strand, Bob Birdie Live will continue. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 